0: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Maxwell Kozmolski. It is Max's Morning Market Mania, May 16th, 2022. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. Last week, it was a very, very eventful week. The stock market, it didn't get crushed like it had the previous five weeks, but it did end up negative. Major indices were down about half a percent, nothing crazy. They did rally pretty hard on Friday, but where the main juice was, was the crypto market. We saw the most significant week in crypto since Bitcoin was created. And I'll touch on, touch on that later in this episode. I'm going to get over all of the less interesting stuff, and then I'll touch on it. So gas prices, they were one penny off of their high, which was set in March. Crude oil trading at about $111. Bucks. Uh, so we saw, let's see, before I talk about crypto the inflation numbers we got good news and that's air quotes because it's sarcastic uh march we got 8.5% year over year and now we got 8.3% year over year so now all these you know talking head economists the jim cramer likes the all those people that are always bullish on the economy they're kind of separated from reality they're talking about how inflation has peaked and how it's it's, you know, it's going down, but 8.3%, that's still absolutely horrible. I'm sure you guys are feeling it at the pump and you're feeling it at the stores. And I don't know if it's gonna get worse. I don't know if it's gonna get better, but producer price index was at 11%. And as I've said in the previous episodes, that's kind of a precursor for what we can see with the consumer price index. So if the producers, their costs go up by X percentage, Likewise, you might be able to infer that the consumers, their prices will go up a little bit or else, I mean, do you really think the producers are gonna sacrifice profit? Do you really think they're gonna allow their profits to diminish at your convenience? Unfortunately, that's not how the world works. So we likely will not see that. But then again, I don't know. I don't have a a magic eight ball. And if I did, it would probably be wrong. The DXY, which is A basket of currencies measured against the US dollar it is at a 20-year high still and as everyone is uh, desiring liquidity because the stock market is behaving erratically crypto market is behaving erratically we'll talk about that that's where the main juice is as all of these markets are incredibly volatile people seek stability so they go into the US dollar which is the most trusted currency on the planet for the time being Uh, Thursday I think it was Thursday, we saw something pretty interesting. For all my people who love GME and AMC, GameStop and AMC, we saw some pretty crazy moves. Right at the open, AMC chugged up a little over 30%. And looking back, in hindsight, there was a bullish divergence on the chart, some which is basically some technical analysis that might infer an upward move. I guess nobody could have inferred that it would have gone up 30% or so, but... I was looking at the call options and most of them were up 30X at one point, which is pretty crazy. And, you know, I've brought up options before. Uh, I'll give a brief explanation on them for those who don't know. Uh, First, do not trade options unless you're an expert. That's it. It is about as risky as it gets. Trading options, you're basically trading the premium on a financial contract you are paying an X dollar premium for the right to buy shares at a certain price by a certain time. So they all have an expiration date. So you either have to execute on that option or sell it or it expires worthless. So if you were to buy an option to purchase a stock at $50 and the stock is at $100, that premium would be very large. But if the stock is $100 and you're buying the option to purchase it at 150, it would carry a much smaller premium depending on the timeout in expiration. Uh, that's just a little brief summary. Trading the premiums, that gives you very, very leveraged gains. So like I said, AMC was up 30%, but if you had a call option in AMC, you instead of turning $10 into $13, you could have turned $10 into 300 But likewise, the downside volatility is also leveraged. So it's not uncommon to see you know, 99% losses in options trading or 100%. So speaking of 99 and 100% losses, anybody who pays attention to crypto, you know exactly what happened. And I will explain it to those who don't know. There is a crypto called Terra Luna, Everybody loved it, it was a top 10 crypto. Not too long ago, it was, a, it was at a $40 billion market cap. We saw the most significant event in crypto history, maybe since inception. And this $40 billion crypto, it crashed 99% in a matter of days. And then you know what happened after it crashed 99%? It crashed another 99%. And then after that, it, it, it's basically worthless. So I, I wrote down some numbers just for shits and giggles to give you an idea. So this crypto is, I think it came out in, uh, I, I guess it doesn't really matter when, but at its inception, it was you know about a buck, a little less than a dollar. At its lowest point, it was trading at 13 cents. And within you know a year or two during the crypto peak, it made it to $117. And everyone was bullish on this coin. It was supposedly a revolutionary blockchain. And on May 4th, it cost $88. If you had invested $1 million into Terra Luna on May 4th at $88, not eight days later, on May 12th, eight days later, you want to know what it would be worth? You wouldn't even be able to get two packs of gum with your million-dollar investment. Your million-dollar investment would be worth about $2.72 dollars 72 this was absolutely catastrophic. My heart goes out to the people that got absolutely burned by this. People lost their houses. People, people lost their. Some people lost their net worths. People that had a lot of money in it, or even a little bit. I mean, unless you got out early and you sold to the people that were buying the dip, you you would have lost essentially everything. And that it, it is heartbreaking. Right now, the price is zero point. Zero, 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 one. So it was 88 bucks not too long ago. So now if, if you were to pay $88 for Terra Luna as a week ago or 10 days ago or whatever, it cost $88 for one of them. You can now get 363000 for that price. Do not buy this coin. I, I didn't know that people needed to be told that. I saw it all over Twitter. People were talking about Oh, if it goes back up to $1, then then we're going to be rich or whatever. Yeah, if it goes back up to $1, it'll be more valuable than Apple. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. That's not going to happen. Unfortunately, people got burned. And so Terra had a stable coin. And so here's what a stable coin is. A stable coin is, it's a sense of security. It is a cryptocurrency that is matched. It is pegged to the dollar. So it'll always be worth $1. You can always exchange it for $1. And I'm not going to get into all the nitty gritty details. There's two different resources that I could offer to you to get a further insight on it. Mark Moss, he has a YouTube channel. Go check him out. He did a really good explanation on how exactly this happened. And also CoffeeZilla. He he exposed like crypto scams and whatnot. And they they had an interesting take on it. But long story short, this stable coin, well, there's nothing stable about it. It's like 17 cents now. People seek security and they put their money in stable coins. Other stable coins are USDT, it's called Tether, USDC, there's Binance USD, There, there's a, a whole bunch of different stable coins. And actually that happening is very treacherous for the market. We saw Bitcoin down as much as 13.87% that day. And that is absolutely horrible. Ethereum was down 22%, XRP was down 30%. And Bitcoin kinda, it held up the best because it's it's the biggest, it's the best, it's the most well-known, the most institutional money is in there. Institutional money isn't, they're not like retail investors where they panic sell at every scary moment. But smaller cryptos, you know, Ethereum is a little bit smaller, XRP is even smaller than that. And then you have even smaller cryptos, you know, the altcoins, that's what they call it. My favorite is Kadena, K-A-D-E-N-A. That was down about 40%, maybe even a little bit more that day, which I was kind of happy about that. I'm actually rooting for crypto to go down because I'm so bullish on the technology that the blockchain offers that I want to be able to buy into these cryptos at a much, much lower price you know, so I can profit more. So I bought up the dip on Kadena. I got in at $1.62 and I ended up making an exit at $3.25. I'm not a huge day trader in crypto, although I, I will likely start trading more in crypto just because uh, with, with trading in the stock market, you need a $25,000 minimum to actively day trade and not get your account flagged. But in crypto, you can make as many day trades as you want. So I see these nasty red days. Uh, I know that the technology is there. It's sound, it's secure. It's gonna be a part of our future one way or another. So these huge down days where it's just, it's blood in the streets, everybody's panicking, everybody's selling. It seems like the bottom fell out. It's never gonna stop going down. I was there buying because you'll learn this from, you know, smart people, smart investors like Rick Rule, Warren Buffett, uh, Ray Dalio, Jim Rickards, you know, you want to buy low and sell high, but your emotions tell you to do something else, your emotions when you see a crypto or a stock. It's going up it's going up it keeps going up holy shit it's never gonna stop going up your emotions get in the way you get greedy and you're tempted to buy it you know you see everyone making money oh my buddy he just turned twelve hundred bucks into thirty six hundred bucks I'm I'm tempted to do that I want to do that so I'm, I'm gonna buy in but in reality you do not want to listen to your emotions when you're investing you do not want to buy when everyone else is buying you do not want to sell when everyone else is selling everyone's panicking everyone's scared shitless that's when you should be buying not when you sh- that's not when you should be selling, and likewise when everyone is greedy, you should be selling to the people that are greedy. Buy low, sell high. Don't forget that. And unfortunately, everyone had to sell low with Terra and its stablecoin UST, Terra USD. Uh, basically, what happened is they didn't have enough. It it ties into fractional reserve banking, which uh, I guess I'll start off with an example. In the Great Depression in 1929 there was a run on the banks and when a bank so a bank opens up say it's got a hundred clients each client has a thousand bucks thousand or a hundred thousand in the bank so is it profitable for that bank to just keep that one hundred thousand dollars in a safe no I mean they got to pay property taxes they might have to pay rent they got to pay their employees to manage it how are they going to profit with the money just sitting there They can't, so they lend that money out. They invest that money. They'll keep maybe 30,000, and then they'll take that 70,000, and then they'll try to turn that 70,000 into, I don't know, 77,000, or whatever. You get the point. But what happens if all 100 people want to get their money out at the same time? Well, you might be able to compare it to a game of musical chairs, and 100 people are walking around 30 chairs, Seventy people. When the music stops, they're going to be shit out of luck. End of story. That's it. And that caused a bank run in the Great Depression. And with this here stablecoin, there was not enough dollars to back uh, the stablecoin UST. And they, you know, it was kind of a it was a Ponzi scheme. It, if money stopped coming in, then it it would end. There's actually a few different people. Who were talking about it and you know it's easy to see in hindsight i wasn't listening to these people i didn't hear about it but there were people saying that Terra was a ponzi scheme and its stablecoin was a ponzi scheme and that with about a billion dollars making strategic bets you could destroy it you could blow the entire thing up george soros did something like that to the british pound in 1992 give or take a couple years you can look into that i'm not an expert on that he he made a billion dollars in one day though on that But with this stablecoin, you could actually stake UST on the Anchor protocol, the Anchor network or something. I never ended up doing it, but I was aware of it. And you could get 19% APY on a stablecoin. That is a dream come true. And 99 times out of 100, if it's too good to be true, what do you think it is? It's fucking too good to be true. And it fucking plummeted. So check out those resources if you want to further deep dive in that. Mark Moss, his YouTube is brilliant. You can learn a lot about finance and economics, uh, financial literacy, uh, geopolitics, that, and how it pertains to finance and economics, and as well as CoffeeZilla. I don't watch many of his videos, but his video was pretty interesting on uh, the depegging of UST to the dollar. And once again, my heart goes out to those people that lost their ass because... I I have put my money in stable coins plenty of times before. You know, USDT, USDC, because it's stable. When Bitcoin is down 14%, my stable coin is stable. And then I can convert that to Bitcoin and you know buy it at a 14% discount or whatever. But something that could happen in the future, I'm not sure if it will. It it might be along the lines of conspiracy theory. So I'm not gonna deep dive it or anything, but I have heard that USDT, Tether, it is also kind of a Ponzi. And that's an $86 billion market cap, last I checked. And the day where UST failed and it went down to, you know, it went down to like 60, 70 cents at first, uh, USDT, it went down to 95 cents. And I have never seen that before, but it quickly came back up and we don't know what will happen with that. We will find out. If that fails, then it'll be very bad. It will be very, very bad indeed. Uh, it'll present some good buy in opportunities and it might even uh, produce a 36 month lull in the markets where it just trades flat to shitty for three years. We don't know, but I'll be there paying attention. I'm buying these dips, guys. Uh, like I said, Cadena is my favorite crypto. It, it solves all the problems. It, it's everything Ethereum wants to be but couldn't be because it was created in 2013 and the technology just wasn't there. Is this financial advice? Absolutely, fuck no. I bet if you buy it now, you'll probably see a 70% loss before you double your money. So I've got dollars on the sidelines to buy that. I'm actually gonna start mining it and maybe I'll do a video on that because I do think it's pretty interesting, the whole process of, using electricity to add to the blockchain and help it operate. And then you are rewarded with the, you know, gas fees or whatever, and you receive crypto. Maybe I'll get into that. Maybe not. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about, crypto aside, before I, before I leave crypto, I do see further downside. I think the buy-in opportunities will get a lot better. I think we could see a $20,000 Bitcoin, and it's currently at about $29,000. And last week, I think in a matter of two, three, four days, it went from $34,000 down to under $27,000. So it got fucking wrecked. And all the altcoins, they got even more wrecked. But crypto aside, further downside, what's next? So... Interest rates, they've gone up. Federal Reserve is committing to more interest rate hikes. And we have the 10 year Treasury at about 2.8, 2.9% now. I think it was trading as high as 3.2% last week. This gives the Federal Reserve some ammo in their arsenal. You can stimulate the economy by th- three different ways increase economic output. You know, we saw that after World War II, uh, a huge boom. Uh, we saw it before the great depression, the roaring twenties, economic booms that can stimulate the economy. And then there's two ways to artificially stimulate the economy. You can lower interest rates. And that's because with the general, uh, perception or consensus or ideology, whatever you want to call it, of investing, uh, stocks and bonds, they are inversely correlated. If interest rates are up and you can get a nice hefty return on bonds, by having virtually zero risk, then it might incentivize people to hold bonds more rather than the stocks. But if the stocks are running hot, or if, if interest rates are down, then it might incentivize people to go into stocks, which will cause them to run hot. And during the March 2020 liquidity crunch, where you know we got these lockdowns, stock market took a crap. Uh, that year, the Federal Reserve lowered interest rates to artificially stimulate the the economy, and they did the other thing that they can do to artificially stimulate the economy, and that is by printing currency. They were buying $80 billion a month in their asset purchasing program. So they print $80 billion out of nowhere, they print it digitally, and then they buy up these assets. So all you rich people that own those assets, lucky you, they're pumping the money right into the assets, they're inflating our currency, and the people here at the bottom we end up paying 20% more at the grocery store and 40% more at the pump. We can learn this from history. Every time they print money, it goes to shit. Like look at Weimar Germany. That's the craziest example of hyperinflation. I think one German mark relative to uh, a gold mark or whatever, I think in four or five years, it went from one to one, roughly one to one, something like that, to like a trillion to one. So it devalued like exponentially, we had, I mean, you, you would have like a millionaire who was rich and then a few years later, a trillionaire was broke. Venezuela had something similar happen, but uh, I kind of went off on a tangent, bring, tangent bringing up the inflation thing, but it is important because that is what they do to stimulate the economy and the consequence of that artificial stimulation is inflation. And the consequence of those lower interest rates are less security in the markets. Back in the day, you could buy you know, a, a bond and get 10, 12, 15% interest rate, which, which is phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's, it's safe, it's secure, but those options aren't really there anymore. But now that the 10-year treasury is 2.8, 2.9%, rather than you know, uh, 2020, I think it, was, it got as low as 0.5%. Now that they have some interest rates to work with, they can actually pivot, and instead of raising interest rates, now that they see the markets taking a shit, like I said, six weeks in a row, the stock market is hitting the shitter, and that is people's pension funds, that's people's 401ks, endowments, everything. So they can now stimulate the economy, the economy by lowering interest rates. They have some ammo in their arsenal, if they shave 1% off, the, off their interest rates, then you know, that'll, that'll boost the economy. Artificially, of course, at some point we'll have to come back to reality. And we don't know when that reality will be. Uh, if we come to July and we see that quarter two of 2022 was also of declining GDP, that will be two quarters in a row of declining GDP. And that is the technical definition of a recession. Now, I already think we're in a depression. There isn't really a technical term for that or or a a definition, I should say. But just judging by the amount of people who are living paycheck to paycheck, the amount of people that don't have enough money for a $400 emergency, uh, the amount of people that are out of work, the fact that wages aren't keeping up with inflation, people are struggling, people are paying more at the pump and at the grocery store, it is reminiscent of a depression. So the Federal Reserve might have no choice but to pivot and go towards more money printing and more lowering of interest rates. So you know we'll probably get more inflation if that's the case, but we might be able to see some kind of melt up like we did in 2020 where everything took a shit and you saw, I don't know the percentage uh, that the Dow Jones crashed, but it took a shit, long story short. And then, you know, a few months later, when the whole fucking, when Western civilization was shut down, mom and pop shops, small businesses going bankrupt like it's a contest, uh, people out of work, the stock market was booming. The economy was in the crapper and the stock market was hitting new all-time highs like every week. It didn't make any sense. But we could see a scenario like that as they print money and lower interest rates, so I'm not saying I think that'll happen. I'm saying they almost have no choice. The other option is to let the House of Cards fall down. And I think nine times out of 10, uh, these politicians and the people at the Federal Reserve, they will opt to kick the can down the road rather than you know, uh, dealing with that uncomfortable, inconvenient reality at the given moment. So with that being said, Uh, I don't, I don't know where the bottom is in the stock market. I don't know if it's going to keep going down. I said, I think the crypto market is going to keep going down. I can't pick the bottom. I'm going to say what one of my favorite, uh, economists and macro strategists said in a recent video, leave the bottom picking to the proctologists. Ronnie Stouffer said that he's, he's a, he's a pretty interesting guy. Uh, check him out. If you're you know interested in macroeconomic stuff he talks about gold and commodities a lot so with that being said it is may 16th 2022 and i will see you guys next week on max morning market mania